I've fought in the ring and I do have hot blood, um, but it's usually hot blood when it deals with people being bullied. I don't have a problem with power. I have a huge problem with abuse of power. Trained in Muay Thai and with an impressive 7-1 record in mixed martial arts competition, Gina Carano is seen as the face of women's MMA, paving the way for fighters like Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunes. In 2009, she left professional fighting, but the reputation she carved out led to Hollywood action stardom. From her front and center role in the knockdown drag-out thriller Haywire, to superhuman with incredible strength and invincibility in Deadpool, and most notably as crowd favorite Cara Dune in the hit Disney Plus show The Mandalorian. Gina also happens to be a conservative. She sure isn't shy about it either. Having been very vocal in 2020 on masking mandates, voter fraud, Black Lives Matter, and a particular note right now that silencing an outrage for those with different views, there was heat from the Twitter mob repeatedly, often using the hashtag FireGinaCarano. The hashtag swung back around last week. This time, Disney did just that. Gina has since been fired by Lucasfilm, which is owned by Disney, and has been removed from their flagship show, The Mandalorian. Their statement reads, quote, where social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. She was dropped by UTA, the talent agency, The Reptor. She joins us today to unpack this unbelievable move and Hollywood's hypocrisy. We discuss how things escalated to this, if you should be canceling your Disney Plus account, which trended to the top of Twitter when the news of the firing broke, and whether or not this is the story that will finally break cancel culture's grip on American society. Hey, hey, and welcome. This is the Ben Shapiro Show Sunday special. The show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. If you don't like big tech and the government spying on you, you should check out my friends at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Quick reminder, we'll be doing some bonus questions at the end with Gina. The only way to get access to that part of the conversation is to become a member. Head on over to dailywire.com, become a member. You'll have access to all of the full conversations with everyone of our awesome guest, Gina Carano. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you. I'm not just stopping by. I'm like... <laughs> You're part of the thing now. <laughs> I'm coming in for the hugs. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start with, you know, the actual topic of the day, which is what exactly happens. You've said before that you felt like you were sort of on thin ice with Disney Plus and Lucasfilm for a while. What gave you that first indicator? First of all, why don't we start from the very beginning? How did you get cast in the show The Mandalorian to begin with? So I was sitting on my couch and I, and I was thinking, you know, I really have to take this more seriously. I have to take acting more seriously. I have to really just, I have to give it my all. Um, you know, because if I don't take myself seriously as an actor, then who else is going to? And as soon as I said that, five minutes later, uh, my, man, my agent at the time uh, called me and said, uh, John Favreau wants to meet with you. I was like, yes, absolutely. And, and they were like, we don't know what it's about. And so um, we set up a meeting and John Favreau took me through uh, he's like, you don't know why you're here? And I'm like, no, but here's a bottle of wine. And uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> and he took me through all of the concept art. And he's like, well, we're here to cast you um, as a part in our new Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. And, uh, and how quickly was it apparent to you that politics was going to be a problem, uh, either in the production of the show or on the set or, or in any way? The interesting thing I think about this whole political thing in me is I've never... I'm not, I'm not like you. I've, I've never been really interested in politics. And then um, as soon as I started seeing what was happening, um, I guess in 2020, I started looking up like, well, maybe the adults don't have it under control. <laughs> and maybe I'm an adult now. And maybe I, maybe I have a responsibility to pay attention. And um, uh, I guess... When we, start, when we first started having, you know, problems was, um, it had to have been on the pronoun usage, I think, was the first problem, um, maybe before that. Well, because, you know, I was really upset about the shutdowns. Um, I know what it's like to be working and then not, not to work. And then, you know, I know the depression that, like, comes with not working because my, my job has been on and off its entire life. Um, you know, you got a job and then you sit out a year and you got a job and you sit out and not having a job and not having purposes, it's devastating. It, you know, you go through a depression. It's not consistent. Mm -hmm. And I think I do good with consistency. Can you take us through sort of the controversy over the uh, transgender pronoun? Because that was the first time you started really trending on Twitter for politics. 
I ended up putting beep bop boop in my um, Twitter bio, or Twitter bio. And a hundred percent, it was a hundred percent to go to the Twitter mob that was telling you what to do. Um, and it had zero to do with trying to go after the, the transgendered community because I would never do that. Um, I'm not, I'm just me personally, I'm not trying to target anybody or go out after anybody. And so as soon as I saw, I saw people started taking that wrong, you know, I put right after that, I was like, no, beep, bop, boop was like me just saying, I, I literally said to my friend, I was like, you know, what? It, uh, let's put something in my bio just to show like I can put whatever I want in my bio. Just like they put like whatever they want in their bio, like trash panda and all this stuff. And like, you know, um, so I just put these noises in my bio and uh, then there was this crazy meltdown. It was just a big, massive meltdown. And, you know, all the fear and all of the stuff goes straight through your skin. And you start like, whoa, what is happening? Like, I told you I didn't mean this towards this community. And like, you know, you're misunderstanding it. and it was just a shockwave went through my body. So I was like, oh, this is what this feels like. This is uncomfortable. So Disney came to you and presumably Lucasfilm and, and asked you to put out some sort of apology or how did they, how did they deal with that? I had a publicist at the time and um, they said, you know, you know, we, you have to put out, a, you have to do, you know, you have to put out an apology. This is messed up. This is awful. And I was like, um, okay. Uh, I did say right after that tweet, I clarified for everybody, this was not directed towards the transgender community in any way. And, um, and I've also been watching celebrities apologize left and right. And um, it's very ingenuine. And I said, can you just give me a moment because I'm kind of feeling emotional right now. Um, and can I just do my own research? You know, um, and so, you know, they were like, okay, yeah, um, do your research, but you need to get on the phone tomorrow with um, our LGBTQ transgender section. And I was like, I honestly, I'm feeling very emotional. Can you give me a second? And they said, no, you need to do this now. And so I did. I was like, okay, we have to do it now. Then let's do it now. And so I walked, I watched their documentary and I got on the phone with them. And they basically were, you know, just two very gentle people. And they were like, we're so, we're sorry, you know, like, you stepped in what they, they call a gold, a, a, um, a landmine. And we can tell, you know, you're not, you're not here against us. And um, they actually reported back to Disney and Lucasfilm. You, you know, they thought it would be a bad idea if they canceled me, um, you know, or, the, or if they let this affect anything. Because, um, because, you know, I got on the phone with them and I said, hey, or I got on Zoom with them and I explained, hey, I just, you know, I don't have any hate in my heart for anyone. <laughs> you know, I just, I stepped in the landmine. And, uh, and after that, you, you've, you've said before that the, um, the Disney Lucasfilm folks said that you weren't basically to do any press after that for The Mandalorian. Yeah, so they, we went through this really long thing where it was like um, back and forth, back and forth. They wanted me to say this. I felt like it was ingenuine. I wrote out like <laughs> this massive um, thing. Uh, that said, I mean, I have it and everything that I, I read through it. And I was like, every, oh my gosh, if I put out this statement now, it'd actually be very enlightening to how I was feeling a year ago. But um, they, they didn't want that. They, they didn't want that. I think, you know, they thought, you know, I was already taking too much attention off of the Mandalorian, which I, it was not my intention, you know, because I know how hard everybody works on it. Uh, because I, I mean, we got down to this like <laughs> statement within like two words, like almost like two words, this ridiculous thing. And they were like, and they just said it was not apologetic enough. And I was like, I, I mean, it was shocking. Like I want to communicate. Um, they wanted me to get and all of these Lucasfilm employees are railing me on their um, websites. I mean, one of them, a creative director, had a GoFundMe. And in the GoFundMe bio, it was like, uh, this is because our ignorant actress. And, you know, and like, it, it was like, you're, you, so they wanted me to get on the phone with like 40 of their LGBTQ community, not on the phone, on Zoom. And I felt like, you're, you're all these people, all your your employees are slandering the hell out of me right now. You think I want to get on a, a video where they can then film it, you know? And I felt very kind of insecure about that. So what I offered them was, 
you know, that that restaurants at the time had, you know, started opening back up. And I was like, let me take, you know, four or five of them out to dinner and it'd be a, you know, a person to person. You can look me in my eyes. I can look you in your eyes and let's have a genuine conversation. Um, and I think it's also a bit abusive that you want me to talk uh, to 40 people and hear 40 people. Like, I, I just that have been slandering, like, and maybe not all of them have been slandering me, but a lot of them probably had. Um, and it was just like, wait, I, I don't feel like I've really like deserved this, you know? I mean, don't you guys see what's happening online? It's like all these bots. It's not even like faces. It's not real people. It's just, and it feels like who, I don't know who these people are, children or just bots or whoever the hell these people are. Oh, the Twitter rage mob. Yeah. And, and they're, they're awful. And I actually asked the LGBTQ community community um, leaders for the trans section. I was like, why don't you guys address that? Um, it might be healthier if you address what's happening, uh, the aggressive push. And they didn't really have an answer to that. So in a second, I want to ask you about uh, you know, how that ended up playing out over the subsequent few months, because uh, we're moving through the sort of timeline here. We'll get to that in just one second. First, there's never been a more important time to protect your internet activity than like right this moment. This is why I urge you to get ExpressVPN. Everything you search for, watch, click online, it can be tracked by big tech companies that can then match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. When I switch on ExpressVPN with my computer or phone, my IP address is masked by a secure VPN server. It makes it harder for websites to identify me, which is exactly the point. My data is my business. The ExpressVPN app also encrypts my network data to protect my sensitive information from being compromised. Plus, you can use ExpressVPN on up to five devices simultaneously, so multiple users on your network can stay safe with a single subscription. What I like most is how easy it is to use. It takes just one click to protect all of your devices. That's why they are rated the number one VPN by CNET and Wired. The reason that I use a VPN, again, my data is my business. I don't want big tech that kind of hates me to be monetizing my data for their own gain. Stop handing over your data to big tech companies. Go to the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben to get three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben to get three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Ben right now to learn more. All right, so let's talk about what happened next. So you had this run-in with the higher-ups with regard to LGBTQ issues. Uh, that was you know, essentially solved, but at the same time, they told you not to go on the press junkets and they didn't want you speaking to the press. Uh, and then things it seems like we're pretty quiet up until about November. And the Hollywood Reporter later came out and they reported that Disney Plus and Lucasfilm were, were thinking about a spinoff for The Mandalorian where you would have a big role. They were going to present that to investors and they decided that they were essentially going to kill that based on a couple of social media posts that you put up in November, um, particularly one with regard to voter fraud uh, and then one with regard to masks. So can you talk a little bit about that and did they ever convey this to you? Yeah, so, I mean, they actually sent over um, a... a a media trainer, um, which I felt like, okay, you know, I'm down, you know, like, come on over. And she came in and she crossed her arms. She had her glasses on and she sat in the corner and she's very cold and um, she's in my house. And I, I, I asked her, I'm like, do you think you can take off your glasses so we can, I can look you in your eyes and so we can have a conversation? Cause you know, and she was like, um, ready to hate me, I think. And then, you know, we went and we then sat down on the couch and we had a lovely conversation. Um, and she said, look, you, you offered a logical answer to an emotional um, response. And that's not what they respond to. Um, they, they're only going to, they're only going to, um, it only helps if you offer an emotional response to emotional response. And that's what she told me. And I was like, well, I get that, but why can't you offer log like why can't you offer a logical answer? <laughs> I mean, that should be your right to. Um, you know, my logical answer was, you know, you guys kind of misinterpreted that. And there also is this massive mob out there that's just bullying bullying people left and right. So I um had a great conversation with her and she left beaming and I and I, you know, it was a great conversation and it was not a problem. Um and then I don't know. I voted. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that really is, uh, even according to the sources that have talked to the, the, the Hollywood media, essentially what happened is that, that they were still getting ready to feature you uh, in the, the Disney shareholder meeting and all of this, and then uh, decided that they were not going to do any of that. And according to people speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, 
they decided months in advance that they were essentially looking for an excuse to, to get rid of you. Have they conveyed any of that to you? Or how did you find out that they had decided not to bring you on for, for more at Disney Plus and, and Lucasville? You know, like boxers headhunt sometimes and they forget to go to the body. Um, I feel like Disney or Lucasfilm or whoever it is, maybe just certain people in the, that company, I feel like I've been being headhunted um, for the last, I don't know how many months. And you can feel it, you know, like just a couple of weeks ago, Lucasfilm asked an artist um, that they employ to erase my character and put a different character in place. And, you know, he proudly announces this on um, Twitter and erases my character and puts, you know, another character in place. And all of the fans of Cardoon were just outraged. You know, they're like, why didn't you just add the character? Why did you have to take off the character? Is, is there something wrong? Is Gina getting fired? I've been through so much and I've seen so much now, clearly, of like the bullying that's been taking place. And I saw it before. It's not like, I mean, I'm not the only one that's ever been bullied by this company. And I know that, I know that so deeply that I could share a story and it would turn things around in the media, but um, I can't do that <laughs> because it would be selling out. Um, a friend that I don't really have the same views as, but I'm not going to, you know, sell out somebody to, to take the attention off me. So when, if that person said something <laughs> about how hard I, I went to bat for that person, it would change things, but everybody's afraid of losing their job. So they announced publicly that you're not coming back after this post that you put on social media, and we'll get to the content of the post in just a second. Did they ever come to you and ask for an apology? Did they ever come to you and coordinate with you in any way? Or did you just essentially pick up a newspaper one day and you read that you were no longer on the show? I looked on the internet and, you know, you check your Twitter and I'm trending and uh, the fire Gina Carano hashtag worked. So Disney never contacted you and asked for some sort of back down or some sort of explanation. It was just, you're done and you find out essentially the same way everybody else did. Well, yeah. I mean, I saw somebody from the company accidentally sent me a um, conversation of that they were tracking the fire Gina Carano hashtag. Um, on, on content that had nothing to do with me. It was actually, like, had zero to do with me. And then uh, all of a sudden, I, I always get thrown in the mix. Like, okay, so this is trending, but let's put her in there. Fire Gina Carano. And um, they accidentally sent me an email, which was very enlightening. So I knew. I knew they were paying attention. I knew they... I know that there are some people that went to bat for me, <laughs> but I know that they didn't really win out in the end. So let's talk about some of the controversial social media posts because I think it's good for you to be able to explain exactly what you meant by this yeah. stuff since people have deliberately misinterpreted nearly everything. Yeah. So the, there, were, there, there are a few of them. Uh, there was the one right after the election in which mm. you essentially said something that I think virtually all conservatives believe, which is if you want to stop voter fraud, you need a voter ID. We need to tighten up the voter procedures. For some reason, people found this very controversial. Right. So that, that one seems fairly self-explanatory to me. Yeah, well, it was my... This is not something I say with pride, but it was my first time voting. I have never voted before. Um, and I know I'm late to the game here, but I just, I never really thought that it counted. And I really, I just, politicians had never really turned me on. And so I don't pay attention to things that don't really turn me on. Um, I pay my, my taxes and I pay a lot of taxes. And so I just figure, okay, I'm doing my duty and I'm just going to keep on fighting what I've been trying to do is just get my career going and keep on like plugging through to where I can get, you know, this bigger opportunity. The mail-in thing, we got an extra mail-in. Everybody I talked to got an extra mail-in ballot. And so I'm like, okay, so this is my first time voting. I'm going to go in and I'm going to take this and I'm going to like, I'm going to do my part so that way I can actually talk about it. Because everybody says, you know, you can't talk about it unless you vote. And so I agreed with them. So I never talked about it. And then when I went in, I was ready with my ID, you know, and I've got the, and they just asked my name and they asked my address. And I don't even remember if there was a signature required or not. And we have masks over our face and, and I'm ready with my ID to vote because that's what, you know, and they were like, no, no, you're fine. Just go. And I was like, what? 
you're not going to check this. Like, this is an important thing that I'm trying to do right now. I'm actually like, I want this to count. And so that was very um, confusing for me. And so when, when the election, you know, happened and everything was, I, I was just like, wait, why? Like, I feel like there's a lot of outrage about this. And I don't, I, like, this is confusing to me as a newcomer into this. And so I just, um, I just thought, well, the experience I went through is like, there was no ID. There was no cameras. It was on the beach, actually. <laughs> it was like in this little like, hut on the beach. Um, and it was very, um, you know, I just, I thought that this could be a positive thing and we should probably jump on this now if this would ever be a future, you know, you know, because people in 2016 were talking about it. So it's not something that nobody was ever talking about. And so I was like, well, let's get to the point as a, a nation where we don't have to really question this anymore, because I think that's a really dangerous thing. And I wanted this all to end. And I wanted it to be like, OK, this is your new president or this is the, the remaining president. And, and let's get past it and like join and go. And it didn't stop at, you know, <laughs> it didn't stop from there. And I wanted everything to stop from there. And so that's why I put out that post. So as I say, that one was, to my eyes, very uncontroversial. Then you put up one that, again, was fairly commonplace thought in conservative circles. You, you put up a, a meme about taking the mask off your eyes so you can see what's really going on. Right, yeah. And the way I interpreted that, and virtually every other conservative I know, was all you were saying is that a lot of the stuff that's been presented about COVID has been exaggerated or not based on science or based on politics. And just bouncing around. It's just been bouncing back and forth. And um, it's like, like uh, masks are bad. Okay, now masks are good. And now, you know, it's just been like all over the place. So since the, I mean, we're sitting there like, wait, what is going on? You know, just confusion. Um, so with that one, though, um, I live in California and I, I've seen the hypocrisy that's been happening. You know, like, you know, they're going to the French Laundry and they don't have masks on and um, there's just been so much hypocrisy and they have those like little edited videos where you can see the, the, the Democrat leaders just like completely the hypocrite. Like it was like, we, I just always laugh. I'm like, this is like, like hypocrisy 2020. And so, um, so I just like put that out cause I thought that was like a good way to convey that we need to start paying attention to the hypocrisy. So it, for me, it was just like, like open your eyes. So those two, again, were really, to my eyes, for conservatives particularly, very uncontroversial. Then we got to the one that, uh, that they decided was worthwhile getting rid of you over. We'll get to the social media post that had to do with the Holocaust in just one second. First, let's talk about your sleep quality. You may have noticed that sometimes I look super tired because I have three children. And you may have noticed that Gina Carano, she's been saying that she is short on sleep. Well, I have referred her to my friends over at Helix Sleep because Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. They've even got a Helix Plus mattress for plus-sized folks. It's been awesome getting unboxing videos from so many of you who also found the Helix mattress of your dreams. So... If you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your door ship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben, take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. So what exactly do you have to lose? The answer, of course, is nothing. I have a Helix Sleep mattress. My wife. And I did that two-minute sleep quiz. They made a mattress just for us, and it is indeed fantastic. Right now, Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben for the special deal. Go check them out. Let's talk about the social media post that brought the world down around your ears. This is a social media post in which, essentially, you were making the argument that bad things, that the way you treat your neighbor can slide over into actual oppression of your neighbor. So it was a picture of a woman uh, a Jewish woman in the Holocaust running away from Germans. And the caption essentially made the argument that Nazis didn't start by killing people and common Germans didn't start by going along with the Holocaust. This all started by people dehumanizing people who live next door to them. Mm -hmm. And the reaction to this was that somehow you were attempting to downplay the Holocaust or that you were comparing Republicans to Holocaust victims mm -hmm. or something like that. I wanted to give you a chance to sort of explain what you were thinking and what you meant by that. I am so inspired 
by like the gentle spirit of the Jewish people <laughs> going through that time. And you know, like you watch like the, you watch, I think I watched this, this older Holocaust survivor, um, her court case, and she was, she, they, they found this old uh, Nazi man and he was old and he, they like rolled him in on a stretcher and like they, you know, really played this up. And she, she forgave him. <laughs> she forgave him in court after putting her through what he did. And she faced him. And, I, and I'm always so inspired by these stories. Um, and I always wondered, like, how, how did that happen? You know what I mean? So when I posted that, you know, it wasn't something that I felt like was um, controversial. Uh, it was something that I thought, well, maybe all of us need to ask ourselves how that happened. Um, cause you know, it's important. The post never said anything about Republicans or conservatives. It doesn't say anything about that in there. It's, it was more about like, you know, people tearing each other apart. And, um, I thought it would be more of a thing where you, you know, bring people together. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like, you know, bring people together. But now after hearing so much, you know, um, and I'm actually grown through the experience of just knowing that you know, that's, it's not fair to the Jewish community to, to, you know, just throw this out here so much, you know, like when you say the word Nazi and when you call someone a Nazi, um, and, and, you know, you, you need to have a little bit more respect on it. And so like, I understand that, but, um, it was no way in my intention, you know, I've got every single big publication saying she's comparing conservatives and Republicans to this. And um, that's not really what I was doing. I was, I was saying we as a people, because I still am very fresh to this political, you know, spectrum. I mean, I have love for everyone. I'm not a, a hateful person. In fact, I go out of my way and I have gone out of my way my entire life not to be a hateful person. I mean, yeah, I've, I've fought in the ring and I do have hot blood, um, but it's usually hot blood when it deals with people being bullied. And when I saw people being bullied that were silenced and scared to speak, <laughs> I'm not, a, a, I don't want to speak. I want to create art, you know, um, but I have a big problem with bullies and I have a big problem with, you know, a, I don't have a problem with power. I have a huge problem with abuse of power. Well, I mean, it was, it was fair. It, and look, it was obvious to everybody, and I, I said this to you when we first spoke, that it was obvious that this had nothing to do with anti-Semitism. The Post obviously was not anti-Semitic. You'd have to completely twist the Post backwards in order to get to the idea that it was anti-Semitic, since it was specifically decrying the, tr the, treatment of, the treatment of Jews. It was saying what happened to Jews was evil, and this should never happen again, and that's why you should be careful about how you treat your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Jewish community is, I think, properly very sensitive about Holocaust comparisons. And so, uh, you know, I myself on my show said that we have to be careful about when we invoke the Holocaust. But here's the thing. Disney Plus and Lucasfilm don't care how you invoke the Holocaust if you happen to be of a different political persuasion. No. And I pointed out on Twitter right away as soon as this broke that Pedro Pascal, who was your co-star in The Mandalorian, the lead in that show, that, that Pedro Pascal had put out a Holocaust meme in 2018 in which he not only got it, the facts wrong, he actually posted a picture from not the American border in 2018 and called it America 2018. He then compared the treatment of migrant children in 2018 to victims of the Holocaust in 1941, which is absolutely absurd on every level. And of course, Disney Plus and Lucasfilm had no problem with that whatsoever. They never said anything about it. They never responded to the comparison. They never said that it was, it was anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic to, to make that comparison in any way. So there was pretty obviously a double standard at play here. Oh, and there has been. I mean, they've been all over me and they've been watching me like a hawk. And I'm, I'm watching, you know, other people on the same production, you know, and they can say everything they want. And, um, and that's where I had a, a problem. I had a problem because I didn't want to, I wasn't going along with the narrative. Um, and, and I, you know what? <laughs> I adore Pedro. I adore him. I know he's said and done some hopeful things. I don't think that posting anybody's number on social media is okay. But I know that, you know, he thinks a lot of the stuff that I post, you know, like, but there's so much love there still, you know? Um, and we had agreement 
<laughs> after we realized we were a little bit politically different, um, we had an agreement that first and foremost, you're a human being and you're my friend first. Um, and, you know, the two sides that, you know, were trying to like drag us apart because we're both passionate and, you know, and I, that's what's been really crazy is like, you see these people over here being so passionate. You see people over here being so passionate. And I, I love that we're, we're just both passionate, you know? Um, and we just, we think, we think a little bit differently, I think, through our different experiences. So I, I know that, you know, I know that we both have misstepped on our tweets, you know? Uh, we're not perfect, we're human beings. Um, but he, he's not a bad human being. He's a, he's a sweet person. Well, I, I don't think anybody thinks that any, any different. I think that the, the disparate treatment is the part that was kind of shocking. Yeah. It was like one, one meme that invoked the Holocaust to say we shouldn't treat each other badly is fireable. And the other meme that compares Americans, uh, Americans you know, trying to deal with a, a problem of migrant children at the border to the Holocaust, that, that is perfectly acceptable to Disney Plus and Lucasfilm. Yeah. And, and then you saw the backfilled sort of post-facto explanation because it became very clear to even a lot of members of sort of the traditional liberal camp that what had just happened to you was wrong. You had people like Jonathan Chait, who is a traditional liberal, saying that this is like McCarthyism. Uh, you had people who are traditionally liberal saying that this is, it's a mistake, that you're, you did censorship of a particular point of view, and that it was pretty obvious that you were being silenced and, and canceled because you were conservative. And so at that point, you saw the left swing into action and start resurfacing old media posts and then declaring those anti-Semitic. Yeah. So this is when they resurfaced a December 2020 post that was a meme of essentially uh, a bunch of old men, no distinguishing anti-Semitic features, which we'll discuss in a second, mm. uh, sitting over a Monopoly board. And the meme said something like, and the Monopoly board is sitting on the backs of people who appear to be slaves. And the meme says something like, if they stand up, then if, if we all stand up, the game is over. Yeah. And the implication was made that this was an anti-Semitic meme and that you had known it was an anti-Semitic meme when it was posted. So I want to give you a, a chance to explain what you were thinking when you posted that meme. Because the, just for those who don't know, the history of the meme itself, mm -hmm. it was a, a meme that was posted by allies of Jeremy Corbyn, essentially in Great Britain. The original meme had very Semitic-featured people. It was fairly obviously anti-Semitic. It had you know, characters essentially from Der Sturmer, the, the Nazi newspaper with the hooked noses and the BDIs and all this. This version that you posted didn't have any of that. So mm -hmm. if you were not very deeply into politics, mm -hmm. it's very difficult to imagine that you would even make that connection. Right. And so, so usually I like to post, um, I like to post think pieces. And um, what I found is those, those are what get me in the trouble the most because that's when everybody starts putting their opinion out there. It's like, you know, like the last posted, they were like, Oh, look at, look at what she said. And I was like, um, why don't you guys do your homework a little better? Like, it doesn't say Republican and conservative in that post, you know? Um, and so when people started saying that that, um, the game where if everybody would just stand up, I thought that, oh, once again, <laughs> I thought that was something that we could all join in on. Um, and I had no idea, obviously no idea, that, uh, that the original one had been, um, like, I didn't know who those men were. But then I saw what they were saying and then I saw the post and I saw the picture and they were two different pictures. And so I really didn't know. I'm like, okay, so, uh, so do I take that down? Like, do I take that down when it's not the same picture? Um, but the origins were, because the idea in itself is that if we all join together, once again, like my other one, if we all join together and stand up, if you really go through what I'm posting. I post something because I want people to think, you know, and I want to hear what people have to think. And when people, when people are calling me, uh, I've been called so much. Like I'm, I've been called racist. I've been called transphobe. I've been called homophobe. I've been called now anti-Semitic. And I'm like, I don't take those lightly. Like you're calling me my soul the blood that runs through me, you're calling me that. And I, I, I blocked so many people. I'm like, you say that once to me. Like, you're done. I don't want to talk to you ever again. I don't want to see you on my feed. That was a lot of blocking. <laughs> <laughs> I really, they're like, oh, she's got a blockchain. And I'm like, no, I'm doing it. Like, I'm pissed. Like, you, you just insulted me and my, my heart and my soul. Because I, I honestly do. I, I've gone out of my way. I, and I know everybody on the set of Mandalorian or any set I've been on, my, 
my actions towards other human beings have spoken for themselves. And I'm not a perfect human being. I have so much to learn and I am going to make mistakes. But I know everybody on that set. And I know that even the people that were gunning for me, like, I know that so many people that have met me and worked with me. I know that's why we might be seeing, I go out of my way to make sure. I, I am the one that on sets people come and cry to. I'm the one that sticks up for someone if they're being like, hey, this is enough. This person needs out of this. Like they can't breathe. Um, and I've always been like that. I've stuck up for like minorities everywhere. I've gotten in fist fights, you know, for I've been in actual fights growing up in Las Vegas because I cannot stand bullying. And so, um, yeah, I think I, you know, <laughs> I just wanted people to think and I put up something and people were putting their own they were putting their own perspective and spin on it. And then they put words into my mouth that I never say. And then, uh, then they start, you know, then it starts trending and all these, you know, these big <laughs> um, newspapers and news articles. And you're like, do you know me? Like, get to know me. Like, I, I told, you know, they're, they're transgender people. I was like, let's talk. I'll look you in your eyes. You're not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna feel hate. I promise you. So in a second, I want to ask you about uh, the decision to come work with us because that's obviously something unique. It's never been done uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, somebody from Hollywood saying, "You know what? I can work over here, and I'm just gonna go do that." Uh, so let's talk about that in just one second. First, we have to talk about life insurance. So here's the deal: it's kind of hard to find affordable life insurance. People do it by word of mouth. Not the best way to do it. Why not use the best tool available? I'm talking, of course, about Policy Genius. Policy Genius can help you check off two big items from your to-do list with ease. You can compare life insurance rates, and you can save 50% or more in the process. That means more cash to put toward the things you care about, whatever that may be. Here's how it works. First, you head on over to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Policy Genius will compare policies starting at as little as a buck a day. You might even be eligible to skip that in-person medical exam. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and the red tape. If you had any speed bumps during the application process, they'll take care of everything for you soup to nuts. There's a reason the Policy Genius has a five-star rating across over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Life insurance, that's the wrong thing to procrastinate on because if you wait too long, it is absolutely too late. Well, if you are worried that March is just around the corner and you haven't gotten anything done, take a deep breath because Policy Genius is going to help you make the most of February in minutes. Head on over to policygenius.com. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes and feel good knowing that your loved ones would be taken care of if, God forbid, anything were to happen to you. Head on over to policygenius.com right now to get started. That's policygenius.com because when it comes to insurance, it's nice and very important to get it right. So in the middle of this, obviously, we here at Daily Wire had been uh, foraying into the film industry. We had released our first film a little bit earlier this year, Run, Hide, Fight. Our audience really loved it. And when we saw that you were trending, um, my business partner, Jeremy, and I, we, we thought, the first thing we thought was, number one, somebody should reach out to Gina because she's getting maligned unfairly. Um, but number two, we should reach out to Gina because this is an opportunity for conservatives and people who think differently to say to Hollywood that you're not allowed to just cancel whomever you want. And uh, I mean, I have to say that I was amazed at how readily you were willing to jump into a project with derelicts like us uh, and, <laughs> uh, and, and willing to uh, get involved in, in one of our projects. Uh, because it is a unique thing. I mean, in Hollywood, typically the advice is keep your head down, make an apology. Maybe in three, four years, you can sort of wheedle your way back into the industry. But you didn't do any of that. You were basically ready to go from the moment I gave you a call. I wanted to get your perspective on that. Well, because, you know, and my newfound, you know, finding my political uh, voice, you, you're actually one of the people I found, um, as, as well as a bunch of, you're, you're actually, you're, your book was the first one I read. Um, and it just really kind of, it was so, it was so simple that it really kind of explained like the events in such a, you know, in such a good way <laughs> to where it was like, it just felt logical. It felt logical. Um, and, um, so I, I, I'm obviously like so excited that you called. I, I was, you know, I was prepared to at any point get let go because I've seen this happened to so many people. Um, you know, I've seen the looks on their faces. I've seen the bullying that takes place. 
they've quit Twitter, you know, they've quit speaking, they show up to their red carpets and they're depressed and they're sad and there's hardened hearts there. And I was like, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're coming for me. I know you are. It's not a, it's, they're making it very obvious through their employees that were coming for me. And so I was like, well, <laughs> well then I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go down swinging then. And I'm gonna stay true to myself. And I'm going to let that speak. And um, I think that's speaking. So when you called, I'm, you know, I'm still like, <laughs> my, my body still is shaking. You know, it's still devastating. Um, but <laughs> the thought of this happening to anybody else, especially like somebody who could not handle this the way I can, no, they don't get to do that. They don't get to make people feel like that. And if I buckle them, then little girls and little boys who are not getting any, rep- like, they're not getting a good, fair shake at growing up right now. If I buckle, it's going to make it okay for these companies who have a history of lying to be lying and to do this to other people. And they've done it to other people. And, um, and I'm not going down without a fight. Well, we couldn't be more excited to be working with you, obviously. And, uh, and you can see that the, the left is creating a whole new cottage industry for us because as they keep canceling people for no good reason, we are perfectly happy to work with talented people of every stripe, uh, especially after the left decides that uh, they are terrible by dint of having differing points of view. So I, I want to backtrack here a little bit and talk about uh, how you even got into acting in the first place because you have the most unique acting story that I know of. I mean, <laughs> you started by hitting people in the face. Uh, so why don't, we start, why, don't, why don't we start with that? Like, how, how did, wh- when, when people think actress, typically they don't think a person who used to be an MMA fighter. So first, and when they think MMA fighter, they don't tend to think female generally. So you were the first big female MMA star in America. Uh, how did you get into MMA? That's, that's sort of a unique career path. Oh, well, definitely not by my family's approval. <laughs> my, my family actually did everything they could to make sure that that first uh, sanctioned fight in Las Vegas for a female women's MMA match did not happen. And, um, and so I was having to go through all these extra tests. And I found out like my, who I love my, so much, my, my Papa Don who passed away and my dad who's still around uh, had called the Athletic Commission. And my dad used to serve on the Athletic Commission. So they were you know, so I was going through some extra tests because he did not want me to be a fighter. They wanted me to, you know, really go to school and uh, become a doctor, a lawyer. And, you know, my family is the type of family on both sides. You know, you're not getting any of the, you're not getting anything for free. You earn your keep, you're responsible, and you get out there and you work. And so um, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. And I don't like money being hung, hung over my head ever. So uh, this is just something, fighting was just something that spoke to me, you know, like it just made me want to get in the gym. It made me, um, I was good at it. I've been in fights so many times in Las Vegas anyways, never that I started. Um, I was always like defending people. It's like, I am able to walk away from a fight, but when I realize it has something to do with somebody else and I have a, like, there's this hot blood that goes through me and then, and then things happen. Um, but so yeah, I just started fighting and um, I loved it. It's like all of the bad things I was doing and all the, I've had friends shot in the head and let in, left in the desert. I have been stabbed in the head and left in the desert in Las Vegas. Um, you know, overdoses and the whole story of like this tragic thing. And I didn't, I was like, okay, why don't you just try? Try to give life a chance. And I started training and fighting and it just became my new addiction. And um uh, from the moment I started doing it, everybody was pointing a camera at me. <laughs> I was like, I'm actually extremely shy. I'm actually like, uh, it's hard for me, you know, performing or talking and, and having things. But um, I think I'm getting a little bit better at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will admit, although you probably couldn't tell, being that I am such an Adonis-like figure, I mean, such an amazing Greek god of, of masculine <laughs> power, I'm not a person who's done a lot of fighting. As you, you maybe you might have guessed that. I don't know. <laughs> no, you but never it's, know. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, most people picked up on that. In any case, what is it like to be a professional fighter? What is it like? That's always been fascinating to me because as somebody who 
uh, you know, went to Jewish day school and basically fights consisted of people, you know, randomly wailing on each other without any sort of real form or let's put this way. No one from my Jewish day school ended up as a professional fighter. So (laughs) so, what is it like being a professional fighter? What's it like walking into a ring and knowing that you have to beat the hell out of somebody else in order to uh, in order to win? Well, I think it starts in walking into a gym. And the most beautiful thing about walking into a mixed martial arts gym is it doesn't matter what color you are, what religion you are, if you're a cop or if you're not, it doesn't matter who you are. You get into that gym and you start training together and it's the full, it's everybody in that gym. And, you know, you get humbled every single day and then you learn how to like be a part of a team and then you start taking care of each other. And then you start seeing, I mean, you see all the weaknesses of like, you know, the ego flare-ups and then like, you know, wait, okay, so, you know, you really have to balance your ego in an MMA gym. Because if your ego gets ahead of you, like, that's a weakness. Um, so, like, I love that. I love genuine and I love real human beings. And so that was like a place of like everybody in this, you know, everybody belongs here. And the fighting part, that was, that was hard. But uh, there's nothing like facing a fear, um, you know, and it's very intimate. It's like I'm attracted to intimacy as well. <laughs> so I, when you look across um, a ring and you're looking at that person's eyes, you know, this is all about to get very real and it's only going to be me and you and there's going to be a genuine interaction. And I crave those kinds of things. That was addicting to me. Did you have to learn to take a punch? I mean, how does that work? As somebody who has full-time security, I will never have to deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, uh, since I had been in fights growing up, I I have an incredible... I have an incredible chin. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like my nose, I, I think, you know, it's it just like, it takes, uh, if, if I bleed, you know, I'm hurting because I'm not a bleeder and my chin is just good. So I, I have this special little talent that I have, um, I hit pretty hard and uh, <laughs> like I've been, comp- like I've been very complimented on how hard I can hit. Um, and so uh, I just became addicted to it. And I still have a little bit of an ad- addiction to it. <laughs> do you I, still do MMA in, in your... My, my, my whole garage is like, the whole life, I have so many friends that are fighters. And, you know, they're so real. Like, you point a camera at them and it's like effortless. Because they, they, don't, they haven't sold themselves, you know? They're, they haven't sold themselves. They, they own themselves and they know that they're going to take themselves into battle against another person. And, um, and I like that as well. Like being a part of Hollywood, you know, people are stabbing you in the back left and right and people are willing to cut your throat just to get another job. And you're like, whoa, like I've never been that way. I'm never going to, actually, I've, <laughs> when I did American Gladiators, um, <laughs> we were doing the jousting thing and I took down this girl, the, the bigger girl. I took her down um, and it was her dream to be American Gladiator, right? Like she wanted to be an American Gladiator. And like, I took her down in like two shots and like, you know, then she ran to the bathroom and started crying. And I realized at the moment, I was like, oh my, I am not going to take this job away from her. Like we're doing tryouts right now. And I just knocked her off of that. And I'm not really super passionate about being like put in spandex anyways. So I was like, you know, and so like, I kind of just like exited like the tryouts and I jumped in my Impala and I drove driving back to Vegas from LA and the producers were calling me up and they always, you know, I keep in touch with them sometimes and they're like, aren't you glad we made you do that? But like, and I, I got on the, I finally picked up and the producer was like, he was like, Gina, please come back. And I was like, no, no, man, like, I'm not about to take that job away from that woman. She wants to be there. I don't care if I'm there. I'm not going to cut and they're like, what, Helga? No, we love her. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but I still don't really want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it took them four phone calls in order to, for me to like, you know, I showed up the day of filming and they hadn't even gotten an outfit for me. And I showed up and like, they ended up using me for almost everything, like physical, like the wrestling and the pyramid and everything. Because, um, you know, just because you got muscles doesn't mean you'd be so athletic. So I was... It was such a fun job, and I'm glad I did it. So what is your sort of daily workout regimen like now? Um, well, for the last week, it was a little bit of crying in bed. <laughs> 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 I mean, I do want people to know that, you know, 
this this has not been easy. And I think, you know, I have, I'm a human being. I have so much to learn and grow. And I am, um, I am deeply understanding. Um, it's like the curtains got pulled and I'm seeing so much. And um, so that's been a very large realization. So I do think when this does happen to people, it's like, you know, being canceled might become trendy one day. Um, but don't think that when it happens to you, it's going to be easy because it's not. It's going to be maybe possibly one of the hardest things that you've ever been through. But I think, you know, each day that goes by, you kind of stand up and you find your legs again and you stop feeling sorry for yourself and you, you show up. You show up to an awesome opportunity with people who want you to sit at their table, you know? Um, I think it was Nina Simone that said um, something along the lines of you need to understand when love is no longer being served at the table. So you need to understand when to leave. And okay, I'm not going to shove myself down anybody's throats. We disagreed. It didn't go well. 2020 was a very emotional year for a lot of people. Um, okay. I'll get up and find another table and hopefully invite more people to that table because <laughs> I'm about love and real, true diversity. What was it like to move from MMA into Hollywood? How did that transition actually happen? So moving from LA to Hollywood, I had just lost the biggest fight of my life, which that was another time where I was kind of feeling <laughs> like staying in bed for a there week. There was some controversy around that fight now with regard to the, the person who you were fighting? Oh, Cyborg? Um, are you talking about steroids? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not my job to go pointing the fingers at her. So I, you know, I take the loss. I'll take it on the chin. I'll take the loss. Because what happened to me the next week was um, kind of similar to the situation. Like, you showed up when I needed somebody, when I was in <laughs> just hurt mode. And when I was in hurt mode, uh, Steven Soderbergh showed up. I didn't know what that was at the time. <laughs> and he said, you know, they like, oh, you know, Steven Soderbergh wants to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, who's that? <laughs> and then um, we had a beautiful conversation and he said, okay, well, is this going to happen really quick or not at all? And it happened. And then I, then I found a new, something tricky and new. Because I, being an athlete, it's like you always have to be yourself out in front of everybody. Um, and I've always been really attracted to art because I think art really does change the world. You know, I love art. I love putting out things where it's like, think about it. And everybody sees it differently. That's my favorite. Everybody feels it differently. And everybody finds different movies and shows and art. And like, they find them at different points in their life. And it's their expression of who they are. And I love that. And so here's my opportunity, because I cannot paint for <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, like, so I found an art that I dove into. And, um... Yeah, that, that's not been easy. Sometimes I think, God, it, it was a little bit easier getting punched in the face. <laughs> At least you didn't see the knife coming through <laughs> your back. <laughs> so in just a second, I want to ask you about uh, the response that you've gotten to the move to Daily Wire and, and what we're doing. And uh, I want to tell you about the response that we've gotten, which has been overwhelming. First, let's talk about your employment situation. How do you get better employees at your company? It can be really tough to find the best candidates. Finding great candidates for a job and hiring them it can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. I mean, you can post your job to some job board, and then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. But you really shouldn't. Instead, you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Ben Getz, because I have a guest. ZipRecruiter does the work for you. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. You're going to get qualified candidates fast. So... While other services may overwhelm you with applications to sift through, ZipRecruiter finds you what you are looking for, that needle, in the haystack. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. It's really important for companies right now to find the best people applying for their jobs. And by the way, if you're looking for a job, really important to find the best job. This is why you should head on over to ZipRecruiter right now. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Ben Guest. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-N-G-U-E-S-T because I have a guest. ZipRecruiter.com slash Ben Guest. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Ben Guest. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. 
let's talk about the reaction that you've gotten on a personal level to the announcement that you are going to come make a movie with us. I can tell you that the reaction on our end has been spectacular. I mean, our, our viewers, our listeners, they love it. It's the single biggest thing we've ever done as a company. Uh, people are, are excited about it. People are subscribing. People are pumped about it. And they understand that it is a challenge to the Hollywood system, not just because we're making entertainment, which they're excited about, but because it really is a challenge to the monopoly that Hollywood has, where they get to decide who can work and who cannot, and people are excited to be part of the fight. Well, what's the response that you've been getting? The response has been, um, basically, that's, that's why I think I've been in tears, you know? Like, this overwhelming people sending me, I mean, <laughs> when I am at, like, my lowest, people are, like, pulling me up. And droves, and um, you know, so many people are like, um, they're contacting me. They're like, you know, Gina, you're so brave. I'm still so afraid, and I just think, oh man, <laughs> you should be more afraid that you're being made to feel afraid for what you think. That's what should make you feel afraid, because <laughs> we got. I, I got two new nieces and one on the way. I don't have any children, but that sets in for me, you know. I got to make this place a better place um, for these kids. So many people <laughs> are contacting me in these people's companies. So it's not necessarily, by the way, it's not necessarily like who you think it is. It's people that uh, you might not think it is and, you know. So don't start going for everybody that might have been supported for me because you'd be surprised how many people <laughs> are into this. The fans and the people have rallied behind me and spoken with their voice and made their voice heard. And I am, I'm, I feel so stripped in a way of like, <laughs> like I feel so down, but at the same time I have this, the, the biggest fire inside of me because I feel, um, the need for this, for people. They're, they're drinking it like it's water. They needed somebody to do this. They need somebody, they need somewhere else to go. They're all afraid. And um, <laughs> just like, you know, I've been saying like, you know, it's gonna suck, but you defend one person, you see how they treat you, you understand what people have been going through that are getting canceled, um, especially people, you know, that, that maybe probably didn't deserve it, you know. Um, you'll experience it for yourself and then you'll be a better person for it because I have to get to the end of my life as, as we all do and um, I have to meet my maker um, and so when I get there like now that's more of, like I want to be, be able when I show up there I can be proud of that so <laughs> it's you know that's my that's my life goal now just and the movement's been insane. I'm, I'm busier than ever. People are, I can't even keep up with it because I lost, you know, half my team. I can't even keep up with the incoming. I mean, there's so much and I'm trying to like read all the scripts, but like, uh, it's so exciting. I mean, I said it earlier this year that like, I, I, I want to do my own, you know, project. Um, I have dreams. I want to push it here. I want to produce on it, you know. And I was really excited about that. I just didn't think it was going to come like this. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was going to like really like, I, I knew it, it could be a possibility, but it, when you think something's a possibility and then it happens, you're like, wow, like, it's like that. Huh? And it's scary. And it did take courage for you to, to do that. As I say before, like the, the typical Hollywood move. And I know so many people in Hollywood, right? I, I was living in LA until five minutes ago. I wrote an entire book on television. Uh, I have a lot of friends who work in Hollywood at the highest levels. And when I get together with them, we have a rule, which is that we used to get together at the Coffee Bean on the corner of Coldwater and Ventura Boulevard. And we wore baseball caps and we'd go early on a Sunday morning because the idea was that if we were ever spotted publicly together, then these people would be canceled. And they knew this. And, and isn't that insane? Like, I, somebody new to the, you know, political world, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, listening to a lot of you guys and, like, listen, and I'm like, you guys were making the most sense to me. That was all. You guys seemed intelligent, well-spoken. You're speaking some truth. You're calling out like hard truths. And um, that's why I was like, okay, you know, like, you know, that's why I kind of have found myself in, on the side, you know, I guess. And um, 
But like I would go down and, uh, you know, like to a barbecue on the beach in California. And um, all these people are like, hey, we agree with you. Um, it's messed up, isn't it? And I'm like, this is your house. Why are you whispering? <laughs> that, that is certainly the attitude in Hollywood. That's I mean, insane to me. it's, it, is, it is overwhelming in Hollywood. And the number of people who are in positions of real power in Hollywood who agree with us on politics yeah. uh, is not insignificant. There are a significant number of people in power, but they also understand that their career is on the line and they're deeply afraid that their number is going to get pulled next. And, and you see it week in and week out. I mean, the same week that they canceled you, they went after Chris Harrison on The Bachelor for the great sin yeah. of suggesting that a female contestant ought to be given grace after she went to an Old South costume party three years ago. And he ended up being suspended. He made an apology, which you should never do, never apologize to the mob. And he ended up being suspended from the show, essentially for the rest of the season. He may never get his job back. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that people in Hollywood are deeply afraid of. But unlike those people, you actually had the courage to say, okay, well then I'm just, you don't want me here? Fine, I'll just go do my own thing. Yeah. And that, that, that does take a, a, a certain amount of stones, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I just, I don't know. That's the way I've lived my life. And that I wasn't going to stop now. It's not that I didn't love the job. You know, I just, I felt that what was happening, the silencing that was happening, the fear of having open conversations that was happening. I felt like that was insanely wrong. And, um, and I don't want people to be afraid. It hurts me. I don't want to speak. I don't want to talk about it. But like, I... I don't want people to be afraid. The, I think one thing that folks don't understand outside of Hollywood is how many people work on a set. So they think that when it comes to a Hollywood set, it's basically the actors and like one camera guy. Right. And that is not correct. I mean, right. even in shooting this show, we have, you know, a dozen people in the room just to shoot this show. To shoot an actual full-fledged TV show with multiple cameras and all this, you're talking hundreds of people on the crew. Yeah. And oh, the, folks, the crew and me are always the best Well, that, and that's the point that I was going to make is that <laughs> You know, when they, when they cancel you, you're a top-of-the-line person and you, you're, you have a lot of name cachet, you're very famous, you're very popular. And so for us to make a move with you uh, made a lot of sense. But our goal here is to build something that's big enough where if somebody who's below the line gets canceled, that person has a place to go. Because those are the people who, first of all, are disproportionately conservative. A huge number of people who are the actual people who make things go on a set yeah. are conservative. Yes. And those are the people who also have the most to lose in a way mm -hmm. because those are the people who, if they get canceled in Hollywood, it's not like they can necessarily walk across the street to a nascent startup and make that happen. Hopefully we can build something where those people don't have to live in fear that one day they might be caught listening to the wrong podcast and get booted off the set and they're just the grip. Yeah. And I think if anything, uh, I think there's a fire right now in people's hearts. There's, they're speaking. The people are speaking. They're speaking right now out there. They, and I think, honestly, Hollywood's shook. I think they're shook. I think they see the hypocrisy. I see. I think they see the double double standard, and uh, I, I read this somewhere. It's like, don't make a, don't try to ruin my life with lies, when your life can be ruined with the truth. And I, uh, <laughs> you got billion dollar companies raining down on me from every different place. And do I really even need to say anything? Like, <laughs> you're showing it. You're showing what you do to people. You're showing you don't give them a voice. You're showing you're not going to listen. You're not going to see a person past, you know, what you've read in a, in a very skewed article. You're showing what bullies you are against one voice here. One. I'm that petrifying to these billion-dollar companies? <laughs> well, good. I hope I am. And I hope... And I hope everybody else becomes that. I mean, this is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of one voice. Imagine. Well, it's, it, it is, again, amazing that the same company that has decided that you are too much to work with uh, is thanking the government of China in a province where they are committing <laughs> genocide against Uyghur Muslims uh, at the end of Mulan. So uh, clearly they have, uh, the double standard is, is extraordinarily strong. Uh, with regard to with regard to these exact companies, so I want to ask you, Gina Carano, a few more questions. Starting with, what kind of movie do you want to make here? I mean, because we're actually going to have to make a movie at some point. But if you'd like to hear Gina Carano's answers, you have to be a Daily Wire member. Go to dailywire.com, click subscribe, use promo code Gina for twenty five percent off. You can hear the rest of our conversation over there. Um, Gina Carano, can't wait to get started working with you. Everybody, make sure to subscribe over at dailywire.com. Stay tuned for updates on our brand new film with Gina.
It's only just the beginning of our fight against the leftist narrative in Hollywood. We need your help to take back our culture and cancel the cancelers. Gina, thanks so much for joining the show and thanks for working with us. Oh my gosh. Thanks for, uh, you know, thank you so much for that phone call. I mean, I needed it. Thank you. I mean, thank you so much. I needed it. Ben Shapiro Show Sunday Special is produced by Mathis Glover. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Nick Sheehan. Our guests are booked by Caitlin Maynard. Editing is by Jim Nichol. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Title graphics are by Cynthia Angulo. The Ben Shapiro Show Sunday Special is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. 'll we'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean you know like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.